Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, June 16, 2022. I am Graham Jesus and Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week so far. The interesting thing about today's show is that a majority of it, almost all of it, was recorded on early Wednesday. RJ couldn't make it to record on Thursday this week. We have an interview with the former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Matt Cardona, from a few weeks ago, from prior to Saturday's NWA Always Ready pay-per-view, ready to go to air here on the show today. The thing about today's show, like I said, is the fact that it was recorded. We recorded this on Wednesday afternoon. I actually had the intro all set, uh, everything all good to go, ready to publish first thing this morning on Thursday morning. The thing is, though, is that we had news break. Not just one, but two major stories that I felt were too big to ignore here on the show. Can't just put up the show as normal without mentioning them if the show is dropping on Thursday. That being the Vince McMahon news in the report from Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc., that Sasha Banks has been reportedly released from WWE, which the latter we kind of saw coming. I, I mean, at least I did. I kind of figured that would be the case. I would have been very surprised that she had if she had gone back um, after everything that went down with the walkout and her contract coming due soon. Still, that's a pretty big story if that is true, and I'm sure we will find out more details today as I speak. There might be more details out now as I speak, and I'm just not aware of them, but uh, Sasha Banks is indeed gone. That's a very big story, and as we get more details and, and as it's confirmed by other outlets and stuff like that, we will have more details and a lot more to say about it, most likely on WrestleRant Radio on Thursday of next week, if not my SmackDown audio review on Saturday on the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash WrestleRant. So keep an eye out for that stuff. I'll probably have more to say about it at that point. The Vince stuff is just wild. I mean, I won't go into every single detail here, but... It sounds like there might be something going on. The board will be involved, the board of directors at WWE. Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis accused, allegedly involved in a sexual relationship with a former employee, kind of settled a hush payment of sorts of $3 million to this former employee not to say anything. Um, apparently, the, the details are all over the internet if you want to go search for them, but the general gist of what went down was that this woman apparently was hired at $100,000 for her salary was then bumped up to $200,000 for her salary after beginning sexual relations with Vince McMahon, who was then passed down like a toy in the words of the email that was <laughs> that excuse me that was sent anonymously to the WWE board, I believe, or something along those lines, um, and was then let go soon after. It was passed down like a toy to John Laurinaitis. I forgot to mention that part. So, pretty bad stuff. The some excerpts of the email, not the not, not the actual. You know, not the email itself, but parts of the email are available online in the report that came out from the Wall Street Journal. So if you want more information on the story, that's where you can find uh, much more about it than what I'm giving you here. But it's not good. And if it comes out that it's true and that there's a lot more to this, then, I mean, then even just what meets the eye, I mean, what meets the eye is still pretty bad as well. <clears throat> it depends really where this goes. This could be a non-story. It sounds like a pretty big story on paper. 
And I would hope this investigation has decisive results. Either we find out it's not true and it doesn't go anywhere, or if it is true, then action is taken against everyone involved in this whole thing. And apparently this has been going on for months, not the incident itself apparently, but rather that it's been investigated in recent months and it was just leaked out now to the Wall Street Journal. So there's going to be a lot more to say on that story in the days to come, in the weeks to come, I'm sure we have not heard the last of this. I'd be very surprised if it was just brushed under the rug. It was just a major story for major, you know, for, for Wednesday night. And uh, we won't hear anything else about it again. I'm sure we will. And like I said, I wanted to re-record the intro here today for today's show, mentioning both of those stories because they could end up being something major or they could not end up being anything at all. But I wanted to mention it just in case. So, like I said, as we find out more details on the Vince stuff, on the Sasha stuff, we'll talk about it here on WrestleRant Radio with Mr. Marceau next week. In addition to what I thought was a very good Road Rager show, and next week we'll be reviewing Dynamite for next Wednesday too. But, uh, like I said, we had to record this on early Wednesday due to RG not being able to record on Thursday for this week. So, we just kind of keep it to our raw thoughts. We keep it to the news about uh, Jeff Hardy. That news broke earlier this week. It was a very newsworthy week in wrestling, to say the least. And Paige announcing her departure, her upcoming departure from WWE in early July. So we get into all of that on the show here today. But before then, my exclusive interview with the NWA, or the now former, rather, NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, Matt Cardona, talking all about his time in the NWA, impact, a potential return to WWE, his heel run, and so much more. What's going on, guys? Graham Gius and Matthews here with BleachReport.com, and ahead of NWA Always Ready, coming up on Sunday, or rather Saturday, July 11th, we're talking to the man himself, the pay-per-view, the man that's the pay-per-view is named after, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, also the Impact Digital Champion. You've seen him pretty much everywhere right now, Matt Cardona. Matt, so what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, uh, always ready, a pay-per-view named after me. Um, I'm sure a lot of the boys in the back are not happy about it, uh, posting graphics with my logo on it. But hey, you know, this isn't a show friends, it's show business. Nick, all this is one of those men. You're facing him in the main event for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in a rematch from just a couple of months ago. Could you have ever imagined, even a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, whatever, not only being in the main event of a pay-per-view, you probably would have expected that, but having a pay-per-view named after yourself, I mean, that seems pretty surreal. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I walked into NWA with one goal in mind, to be the top dog, to be the champion. Um, and that's what I did. I went right after Trevor Murdoch. I beat Trevor Murdoch. Um, and it did not make a lot of people happy. I did not make any friends in the locker room, especially with the things I said about NWA. Um, you know, as a kid, I thought it was old, dated, and boring. And before I got there, uh, I thought it was old, dated, and boring. So I want to change NWA. I want to help NWA, of course, selfishly help myself, right? So I'm promoting these shows. I'm promoting the NWA, but I'm promoting myself. I'm the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Of course, I respect the history and the tradition and the legacy of the NWA, especially that championship. But uh, the NWA has got to get to that next level, and uh, I'm the guy to do it. And bringing in entrance music, kind of upping up the presentation of the NWA. I know it's been a goal of yours since you arrived almost. We're coming up in almost six months since you arrived at the Hard Times 2 pay-per-view just six months ago. When you initially arrived, obviously you had a goal in mind of becoming champion. You did that. But that first day you come in, you expect to win gold. Did you expect the run to last this long? I mean, obviously we've seen you in impact for the last year plus. You've been there ever since. Some people come into the NWA. They're in there for a little while, do a one-shot takeoff. You've been a regular ever since, defending your championship against a variety of opponents. You've had all these different shows. Again, in the main event of this one, when you initially started out and we're talking to Billy Corgan about coming into the company, was this something you expect the last six months? Yeah, you know, so there were no 
long-term plans is still a long-term plans. I don't have an NWA contract. I'm proud to be the champion. I'm very proud that the pay-per-view is called Always Ready. Um, I'm going to have some, some beautiful uh, ring gear for that. And, uh, you know, it'll be great to see my logo everywhere. I'm sure there'll be entrance music for that, like there are for the big shows. I'll come out to Always Ready. The show's called Always Ready. My nickname's Always Ready. So uh, it's going to be a, a pretty surreal night. Yeah, it's going to be a big night, man. I think we're all looking forward to it. And I think what the cool thing about the NWA run has been so far is that of all the different places you've been, the couple of appearances you made in AEW a couple of years ago in Impact initially, you were a fan favorite everywhere you were, obviously kind of continuing off what you did in WWE. NWA, on oh, obviously GCW as well, right before that you were doing the big deathmatch legend run, which has been great as well. I guess NWA kind of came secondary to that. Did you see that as a risk for yourself as someone who's always been beloved by the internet and a lot of other fans, myself included, stuff like that, turning heel for the first time, not ever, obviously, but for the first time in a long time, doing something entirely at that point out of your comfort zone, it felt like a risk. And obviously it's paid off. You've been one of the biggest free agents outside of WWE in the last couple of years. It's been really cool to see. But when you do the GCW stuff, when you do the NWA stuff, do you have like your doubts in your mind? Like, what if this doesn't work? Like, I have to go back to what I was doing before. Like, what's going through your mind at that point? So, um, you know, when I went to GCW, I was hated. Hated. They, they were flipping me off. I wasn't used to that. Then when I won the championship, throwing bottles at me, throwing pizza, pizza cutters at me, there were people in the crowd with uh, my action figure being hung with a, a noose. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, independent wrestling has really, it's really taken off, I think, to, to new heights because, you know, there's social media, there's fight TV, it's streaming. It's not just, you know, if you go to uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey to watch GCW, it's not just the, the couple hundred people in attendance. People all over the country, all over the world are watching. So the next couple of months were really interesting for me um, on the independence you know, it'd be like 25% of the people would boo me. A couple of smart fans, you know, would flip me off. And then, yeah. then I got to a point where it was like, I'd come through the curtain. I'm like, am I going to be cheered to boo tonight? I wasn't sure. It was kind of 50-50. And eventually it got to a, like 100% boos, 100% <laughs> middle fingers. Now, I think a lot of the people, they want to be part of the show. They want to flip me off. They want that picture to be out there where I flip them right back off. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, and if there are people who genuinely hate me, that's great. I don't care. I'm not trying to prove doubters wrong. I'm here to prove myself and my fans right. And if I get some supporters along the way, some new fans, great. Glad to have you. But I'm not trying to prove anybody wrong. Uh, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. This is me. Uh, love me or hate me. And I think, you know, a lot of people love me, but a lot of people hate me. So when I walk into NWA, I'm being me. What, what is, what's so bad about trying to change the company? What's so bad about some goddamn entrance music. What's so bad about, you know, uh, taking that title and defending it all over the place. Trevor Murdoch was a champion. When I won that title, I had to take the dust off it. It was dusty because it was never defended. I bring that title everywhere. Whoever, if anyone's able to beat me, they're going to say, what the hell happened to this title? It's all scratched. It's all the letters all worn because I'm bringing it everywhere. Whether I'm bringing it to, to independent wrestling shows, Impact Wrestling, GCW, uh, the Maldives on my honeymoon, I'm bringing it everywhere because I'm proud to be the champion. And what I think is so cool about it too is that what we're seeing with you as the NWA champion, you're carrying across everywhere. Like you said, it kind of started with GCW, 
then it bled into NWA, but you were doing a different, you were kind of showing a different side of yourself and impact. So it didn't right. have that continuity until up a couple of months ago. Obviously yourself with Chelsea Green, your wife on the show, we're seeing that now, which is cool. Right. Brian Myers is getting involved. We have the major players and impact getting that continuity, I guess, you know, across all companies, I think is what's really cool. And it's almost unprecedented in a way and not just companies, but like major companies with television. Again, like I said, NWA, Impact, GCW, doing the same thing across all these companies. Was that a goal for you when you kind of started this out to kind of do the same thing? It doesn't make it easier for you as opposed to like, all right, I just got booed out of the building of this GCW show. Let me go to Impact and be a fan favorite now. Like, is it easy for you now to kind of do the same thing across everywhere you've been? Right. It's, it's Yeah. So I'm not changing who I am. It's the crowd who, you know, they change how they respond to me. Right. Sure. So I'm the same person, uh, whether it be a GCW or impact when I was a quote unquote babyface. Uh, do I like that? I can present a similar package all across the board. Yes. It's a lot easier. Like you said, you know, for instance, you know, we can continue things. GCW to impact. Maybe, you know, Brian Myers even came to NWA to wrestle Nick Aldis because I'm always ready, but I'm not always available. So there was this <laughs> NWA show. It's hard, pal. I'm booked. You yeah. know, you got to give me these dates way, way, way in advance, pal. You know, <laughs> but uh, so it, it's a lot of fun that way to, to incorporate, um, you know, this, this, this major wrestling for podcast crew, whether it be Chelsea or Smart Mark Sterling or Hornswoggle or Brian Myers, and we've popped up in NWA, GCW, random indies. So it's a lot of fun that way because, yeah, the, the fans are smart these days. They know. They follow everything. You know, and like I said, Wisconsin, it's streaming somewhere. There's clips somewhere. It's on someone's vlog. People are seeing it. So uh, times are changing, and, and I'm glad that everyone's getting on board, you know. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And you mentioned it right there. Quick plug. You mentioned the major, major figure wrestling podcast you guys have been doing since you left WWE a few years ago and everything else you guys have been doing with that, with the shows and getting everyone else involved. Do you have any other major events with that coming up on the horizon? Yeah. So uh, the major wrestling for podcast, something we started in August of 20 time. Uh, luckily, we were smart enough to realize, hey, let's call it, you know, our own thing, our own names, because if I wasn't even thinking that we'd get released, but I, I didn't want WWE to own it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I learned that the hard way with my old YouTube shows, each really got story. <laughs> so when we got released, we, we had it right. Thank God. Um, and, and we've been doing so many things. You know, it started off as a, a 45 minute podcast. Now it's, uh, you know, we have a podcast every week. We have a podcast network. We do touring live shows. We do, we just did a, a live wrestling show. We make our own wrestling figures, major Ben. These, uh, but I love it. I love like right now, you know, we just finished our third live wrestling show. I'm already planning the fourth, you know, uh, we have, uh, our, our 13th live podcast. Uh, I think there's like seven tickets left. It's about to be sold out. So I, I'm super excited for what's going on. It's a lot of work, but it doesn't really feel like work because I'm enjoying what I do and I'm my own boss. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. If you enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't exactly feel like work, which is perfect. And it's a great spot that you're in right now where you're in such high demand. You're making appearances across all these companies. You're killing it right now, doing some of the best work of your career, which I mean, isn't saying is saying a lot considering you've been around for a very long time as well. I think a lot of people tend to forget you've been around for what, 15, 20 years now. You made your main roster debut in 07, right? Yeah, made the, made the main roster debut in 07. Uh, started wrestling 
2003, first match 04, but yeah, main roster 07. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, I, I do, you know, independence every weekend or yeah. signings, right? Like I am, my, my gimmick table, if you will, my eight by tens are not like, okay, I have the, the Intercontinental title, WrestleMania, of course, people want that. But it's it's not like, it's all new stuff. You know, I, it's me with the NWA title. It's the major players. It's uh, me and Chelsea Green. It's my bloody GCW. Uh, I just put out one, the, the Ultimo Broski, where I have all the titles. You know, I'm not living in the past. Back in the day, someone, they leave WWE, they go to the Indies, they do the same old shtick, you know, hockey talk man it up, you know, sell some gimmicks and fade into obscurity. Not me. I'm proving that you don't need WWE, don't need AEW to be a successful pro wrestler. And I don't just mean wins and losses. I mean money. I mean money. That's what I'm talking about. And I would argue that success should be defined by happiness. Not so much money. Of course, we need money to live. And trust me, I'm making a lot of it. But I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I'd argue I'm the highest I've ever been. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I think I would agree with you right there. I mean, just from a fan standpoint, you definitely are killing it right now with everywhere you've been. And you mentioned, I think for a lot of people, they just even from a fan standpoint, I think they define success. If you're not in WWE, then you're not successful, which I think is so untrue more now than it's ever been. And you don't have to go back there. You don't even have to be there in the first place in order to be a success. Because I would argue this to those people, right? Okay, let's say they define success by wins and losses. Sure. Which I think is stupid, but... (laughs) Okay, I'm winning more than ever. I have more titles than ever. I'm having more mainstream matches uh, than ever. And if you define it by money, I'm making more money than I made in WWE. (laughs) So like by any definition, and I'm way happier. So by any definition of success, I'm more successful. Yeah, no, that's true. Exactly. (laughs) Whatever they want to come up with, whatever they want to throw on me, whatever, you know, and trust me, I see all the tweets. People, you know, oh, you just wrestled in front of, 50 fans, which not 50 fans, but whatever. I see what they're trying to say. And listen, I'd be lying if I said I never wanted to wrestle in Madison Square Garden again or never wanted to wrestle in a big stadium for a WrestleMania. Of course I would. You know, I'm not saying that, but I'm also not saying that I'm not doing everything I'm doing now. Oh, what can I do to get back to WWE? Or what can I do to go to AEW? I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't. Uh, if Tony Khan or Vince McMahon or Johnny Ace, if Bruce Pritchard called me, of course, I'd, I'd pick up the phone. I'd have a conversation, but that's not my goal right now. And that's a great spot to be in when you know you don't need them, I think, yes. is when people do their best work. And I think you're proving that right now. Quick side note, though, you mentioned Vince. Did he respond to the picture that you sent him of all the titles? Because that was oh, hysterical when you shared that. I, did let, me, let, let me get the exact. Oh. I don't want to uh, misquote <laughs> Vincent Kenny McMahon. Yeah. So let me, <laughs> let me find the exact uh, so response. Funny. For you uh, here, let's see. Don't want to misquote Vince. No, oh, you can't. Wow, in caps, W O W. So, I mean, it's so funny. If you don't believe me, it's right there. There it is. That is hysterical. There it is. <laughs> oh man, that is so funny. Man, just the idea of that. The fact does he has he always like texted and communicated people with like like that sort of thing? Is it just hard to imagine? You know, the weirdest thing is for years I tried to listen. I always had a good relationship with Vince. Yep, especially the last couple of years. Um, where I would go into his office to not necessarily get things done, but like I was, I was sick of like pitching ideas to the writers, all that BS. I wanted to pitch a right to Vince. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know, because Vince wants it to happen. You know what I'm saying? No more. Well, you know, I talked to Vince or they were in the meeting. They said, no, I want to find out. (laughs) I'd go right to Vince. And listen, not everything I pitched happened. Majority didn't, but at least I found out from Vince and not some writer. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
But I never had Vince's number. I never texted with him. And then last year, uh, I got a happy birthday text. And I'm like, who's this 203 number? I was asking some people, like, that's Vince McMahon. I was like, oh, shit. So I just text him every once in a while for the hell of it. Isn't your birthday, was your birthday just recently in the month of May? It was, yes. Happy belated birthday. I thought yeah, it was I, in May. I did not get a birthday text this year for Vince. <laughs> <laughs> the fact you got a response on that text, though, is cool. So, that's I mean, it, it's something. Maybe he was like, I just talked to him recently, so I don't really have to wish him Maybe happy that's birthday, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. With a character like this, again, not like, will you go back or should you go back? Whatever. That stuff is all irrelevant. We've learned before. I mean, Cody Rhodes, we've, he's talked a lot about you everywhere he's been, which is awesome to see. And sure. the fact he's sharing love for his friends. He said he may never go back and he did, but that's irrelevant. My question would be with what you're doing right now, with the character that you're doing, would, do you think this would work on a stage like that? I mean, I think it would, but I mean, every company is different, obviously. Do you think it would in, a, in an ideal world? I mean, there are certain things I'd have to tone down, like the cursing. <laughs> Maybe know? a little bit, yeah. But other than that, I absolutely think it would because like what, um, it's just a different side of me. It's the evolution. Uh, you know, you look at me throughout my career. If you took, you know, a bunch of different photos or even videos of just even my appearance throughout my career, it's like, this is the same person because it's so drastic. But I believe, you know, I think Chris Jericho is one of those uh, who really, proves this point. Like you got to innovate, you got to change yourself. You got to grow or else you get left behind. Yep. So I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you've really reinvented yourself. I mean, not just even in the last couple of years, but I think again, a lot of people forget during your time in WWE, every different stage was different from the other, like becoming intercontinental champion and everything else you've done, even from 10 years ago with the long Island true story stuff, right. You know, you've, you've drastically changed every stage of the way, which is super cool to see. But I mean, with that being said, I mean, if you were to ever go back, I feel like, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but like, would it have, could it be as Matt Cardone? I mean, putting aside all the, the, the name changes stuff that we're hearing about now and we're seeing, put that stuff aside because everything changes from day to day. I feel like there's more value now, even though you were Zach Ryder for so long, there's way more value now with you as Matt Cardona. Like yes. Cody Rhodes was always Car- Cody Rhodes. Like, right. for example, if you were to go back for a Rumble one-off or something, I think it'd be a lot cooler if you came back with your current, like we kind of saw with Nikki, which he's always been Nikki James, sure. obviously, but like with the hardcore country stuff, would you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I wouldn't be against coming back as Zack Ryder with yeah. my, you know, I love my always ready music. Sure. It would basically be me just with the old Zack Ryder name, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, no more O radio, none of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, even though downstate did make the, the harder version of it, but you know, that that's, listen, I would love to come back as me, Matt Cardona, but I think realistically, um, you know, the WWE has that IP. They've invested a lot in that name. So I would have no problem. You, even if it was just a one-off at Royal Rumble or something like that, I'd come out to the Zack Ryder, uh, name, but it would be me, you know, yeah. uh, it would be interesting. I, th- I think I think if I were to come out, I don't know if the people would be. I think I'd get a huge pop. <laughs> I think I'd be a baby face again. Yeah. No, at least if only for one night, you know? And sure. the cool thing is, too, if you, even if you don't use O-Radio, which you said you would, and you own all your own stuff, which is cool, it's the same band. It's Downstate. You know what yes. I mean? So it's just a similarly sounding song with different lyrics. So it wouldn't right. almost even matter, you know? Right. Yeah. So if it was the Downstate version of the O-Radio, I'd be fine with that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the the that... That story is because like I was pitching for years, like after the uh, the YouTube show died and, uh, you know, I dropped the headband and glasses and like, listen, I can't I can't write the show. I can't write what they're going to do for me on the show. Of course, yeah. I'm always trying, trying to change my look, trying to change like my attitude and character. But you can't you can't get that across if there's no platform. Right. 
Um, and it wasn't until I won the Intercontinental title that I felt like I had some ground to stand on where I went to Kevin Dunn. I said, hey, listen, this, this band downstate, you've worked with them before. I think uh, at the time they were doing Ziggler's music, yep. Miz's music, which they still do. I said, they made, uh, uh, you know, a remake of my song. It's on YouTube. They already did it. Yep. Can we just use that? You know, can we just use that? And long story short, the band wasn't even, downstate wasn't even a band anymore. They had to get back together to write this song. And now look, they've done Cody's song since yeah. they've done my song. Uh, you know, so now they're back together. They're they're The band is back together, so to speak. And it's all because of me. I take credit for that. <laughs> That's so funny. You mentioned that dude. I never knew that. Cause I remember when they came out with the downstate version of your song and I'm thinking, wow, I mean, the original song is a classic because everyone's known yeah. it for so long, but like, I'm thinking the downstate version is awesome. Cause like you said, by that point, they'd already done Mrs. Music, Ziggler's, even Alex Riley back in the day for the long time. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, it was weird that they didn't let you use it for the longest time. Yeah, and it was then, just sitting on YouTube for like at least two or three years. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. For a while. And then they yeah. finally let you use it. And then because of that, like you said, because you helped them kind of get back together, so to speak, Cody's now using his music in WWE. Right. Obviously your wife is, has music by downstate oh, as well. They just did major players, which yeah. is available. Uh, Apple music, Spotify. <laughs> so they're making everything. They're killing right. A downstate, I think it might be one of the only bands that has been used. And I noticed that when, when Cody came back to WrestleMania, that has been used in every major company. And even actively now, like in every major company you watch, NWA Impact. I mean, obviously most of it is because of you, but in all the companies you appear for, but WWE, Ring of Honor, all this other stuff is downstate music, which is really cool to see. And, and they're killing what, it right now. What I think makes them so uh, talented is that you don't necessarily know that they're all downstate until someone tells you, you know, they don't yeah, yeah, all yeah. sound exactly the same, you know, which I yep. like. Yeah, exactly. They all have their different, different sounding songs, which sure. is sweet. And, uh, you know, kind of going off topic from the downstate stuff, but since you left WWE, it's been cool because even while you were with it, while, while you were there, you were always having a connection with the fans, which is funny now because you're a heel and you're turning them against you, which is funny. <laughs> but like, even when you were there, like I remember purchasing one of the trading cards or a shirt or whatever it was. Yes. And then you would, send those people to their home address their like your own like autographed card and you yes, did that multiple yeah. times yes. yeah yeah you did that a lot like with mo like i have at least two or three different <laughs> cards with the yeah. autograph on it which is cool and you did that even after you left with pro wrestling tees you called everyone individually to leave yeah. the voicemail that's a lot of work but it's really it cool to even able to do that yeah, I do that every once in a while. Listen, I can't do it for every shirt sure. I have or every item I have, but we do it every once in a while. It's just a way to say thank you, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes I got to take a step back. Like, how cool would it be if I was a kid, not necessarily a kid, but like a, a fan and someone I was supporting called me up to say thanks? Yeah. You know, because I, I've been the fan on the other side of the autograph table, right? So I love uh, taking, taking a step back and, and appreciating, like, holy shit, like I made it now, like maybe I will impact someone to, you know, be a wrestler, not even be a wrestler, maybe take a chance on their, on, on themselves, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think the fact that you grew up a fan is a huge advantage because you kind of see it from a fan's perspective. And obviously right. you're still a fan now, which is awesome. So that definitely gives you advantage as far as that goes. But as we wind down here, man, like I said, you've been practically everywhere. So kind of just tell me a little bit of how, not like the elongated version, but how different is each place from a WWE to an AEW where you spend some time impact now, obviously NWA, how different for you are like those backstage atmospheres and even not just like the negative, but I'm talking more like the positives and what the strengths are of each company that you've been to. Yeah. I mean, there's so much, uh, you know, obviously WWE is, you know, number one, right. There's yeah. no denying AEW is, is incredible as well. And then, you know, Impact was super great for me because it was, it, 
I needed a, uh, a second chance to kind of find myself, you know, so impact, whether, you know, even though I was a quote unquote baby face in the beginning, I was able to have like the matches I want to have. I was able, you know, the first time I was uh, able to talk backstage, I just kind of read what was on the sheet and Tommy dreamer. It was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reading. What's on. She's like, no, say whatever you want. I was like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And then when you go to uh, NWA, there's not even a sheet of paper that, that gives an outline. It just says, you know, Matt Cardona, segment five, two minutes. And I'm like, this is crazy. Wow. But then, you know, I'm saying stuff that the locker room doesn't like, you know, and I know they're going back to the office and complaining. And I don't care because I'm trying to create some controversy, so create some buzz. I want people to buy tickets to the show, whether they want to see me win or whether they want to see me get my ass kicked. I want them to buy tickets to see me one way or another, because if, if they don't, if they're indifferent, then I'm not doing my job. Yeah. And you've accomplished that. I mean, so far, you're the guy in NWA is the champion and even an impact. You mentioned them a little bit as well. Um, just going there and arriving at like literally the perfect time. I know you came in at one of the early January pay-per-views of last year. Unfortunately, there were no fans at that point. So you didn't no get like fans. <laughs> big reaction. And even yeah. AEW, there, there were, were there fans for that one? Or they were just like the wrestlers in the crowd. I think it was point, the rest. Right? Maybe there were some, it was not like a full house. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a noticeable reaction, but that being yeah. said that you arrive at the perfect time because now impact is killing it. I was just talking to Eric Young a week or two ago. And again, no bullshit, even from a fan standpoint, the best product week to week that we're seeing. I, I right agree. Now. I have to say, I agree with you on that. You know, impact has that stink on it, right? Yep. Which is unfortunate, but I feel like impact and Matt Cardona, you know, they, their stories are kind of, you know, uh, parallel where there's been highs and lows well-documented, but we're both on the rise. You watch impact week to week. Everyone, you know, the, the storylines make sense. Everyone's doing something. Everyone's busting their ass. The matches are awesome. Um, you know, and the fans are energetic when we go to these shows. And we got Slammiversary coming up 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope I'm part of the show. I'm the goddamn digital media world champion. <laughs> I should yeah. be on the show. Um, but it's fun to be able to do, you know, a Slammiversary, which is a big show. But a couple of weeks prior, I'm doing Always Ready, which is my show for NWA. So uh, it's been a lot of fun doing everything. My my suitcase is ripping because I have so many bags. I'm sorry, so many belts in that bag. Yeah. But um, it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about having championships. I was going to say you're okay with the fact you're carrying around so much weight in your bag with all the championships you hold right now. Yeah, it's 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 it is kind of annoying sometimes. If, you know, uh, you know when I'm flying home and I'm all beat up and I have to lift that 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 suitcase on top. You know, yeah. It's, it's it sometimes it doesn't work. Any Chelsea's help. That's funny. Well, it's a nice workout if nothing else. How often, I mean, sure. you, you definitely dealt with this in WWE as well and everywhere you've been, but like, even to this day, how often are people taking those titles out as far as like the airport people? Every and they're week. like, oh, every single week, even to this every day? Every week. Wow. Every week. Yeah. What do because they say? Like, the, you know, sometimes it's a fan. Sometimes they have no idea what it is, you know, uh, because, you know, it goes through that x-ray and they're like, what is it? Especially when I have like, listen, I don't bring all seven of them at once, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but there are times where I have like four in there. You know, like, what is this? When it goes to the x-ray, they have to check it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, even to this day, are they still making like, you, it, it, does it bother you at this point? It's like, all right, I'm just expecting it. Like it is what oh, it is. Oh, it's expected. It, yeah. It's expected. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, because you're not going to check, uh, check a belt. You can't do that. That's no, an exactly. amateur move. Can't do that. No way. <laughs> don't check your gear and you definitely don't check belts. No way may never see that thing again. So at least that, that's a veteran move. So you know that by this point, but as that's the right. impact digital media world champion, as you mentioned, 
OG of the Twitter game. You've been on the Twitter machine for well over a decade. It's almost weird how there's like a lore of like history of Twitter. It's crazy. Like, and you're yeah. at the forefront of that being one of the first people to join it. Who would you say it like at this point is like, in addition to yourself, like one of the kings and queens, so to speak, of the Twitter in, in the wrestling space that you see like, wow, they're really good on Twitter, regardless of what company they work for right now. Well, I got to give credit to The Miz because he's the one who, who told me about Twitter. That's funny. In, yeah. in, in 2009, I remember it was like WrestleMania week. And I'm like, Twitter, like why do people <laughs> care about like your your what you're doing, your yeah. status updates? Uh, so I got to give Miz credit. And and even now to this day, he's killing it. You know, he he knows how to promote himself, right? He's got Miz and Mrs. He's got the, the reels. He's always putting Maurice like in skimpy outfits on there. He knows how to get <laughs> likes. He knows how to get likes, yeah. you know? But it's social fun. media, it's such an important tool uh, for any wrestler, whether you're well-established or just starting out, you know, it's it's free advertisement, right? You know, and, and Twitter, YouTube, whatever you want to do, use uh, TikTok. It's all in doubt. That's the challenging part. When, when, when you know, someone backstage at Independence shows like, hey, you know, what can I do on social media to stand out? I'm like, well, I don't know. You got to figure that out <laughs> yourself. But it's free. Right. Yeah. So you, I'm a big believer in content, content, content. Like you can't have too much content. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like just throw it all out there and see what sticks and find yourself and find your audience. Um, and luck, you know, for instance, I did that with the, the, the wrestling figures, right? I thought mm-hmm. it's a, such a niche audience. Um, you know, if, if someone were to look, uh, and people ask me, oh, it's not like the actual podcast part of it. You know, with some ads, it's okay, but it's so much more, you know, because we do the live shows and the merch and the action figures, and we got a Twitch channel and a YouTube channel, and we got a PBR sponsor. So it's like, uh, I say crumbs make crumb cake, you know, you got to find something and just attack it. If you want something, if you're passionate enough about it, just uh, attack those goals and, and make it happen. Yeah, the same mindset today as even it was 13 years ago, even in the infancy of Twitter. I mean, it's the way that you attack and if you're passionate about it and you're going to find a way to make it work, then you'll find a way to make it work, which is perfect. But kind of on that same note, where can people find you? Obviously on the Twitter machine at the Matt Cardona, but as far as the show, the podcast, as you mentioned, upcoming shows and the PBR oh sponsorship, I, stuff like I know there's could, a million we, things. But. We could have another interview. <laughs> yeah, just find me on social media at the Matt Cardona um you'll see what i'm doing whether i'm doing shows selling wrestling figures putting on a wrestling show a live podcast you'll find me there just twitter and instagram at the matt cardona uh i guess a cheap plug go to majorpodmerch.com we have our own action figures for sale we just released uh two jeff jarrett and conrad thompson figures the my world major bendy's conrad thompson's first ever action figure um a company that we started uh, available right now, majorpodmerch.com. And of course, always, like, listen, Dave Meltzer is not going to rate this five star, six stars, whatever. <laughs> it's going to be a brawl. It's going to be a fight. Uh, Nick has something to prove. I have something to prove. Um, he has backup. I have backup. He has a crazy wife. I have a crazy wife. This is going to be a brawl. This is not going to be a Mac classic. Uh, it's going to be a fight that you don't want to miss. Now, we're talking in late May right now. By the time this goes up in early June, will there be a stipulation added to the match or not? As of right now, I don't think there is, right? You tell me. At first, I thought it was a steel cage, and I said it was going to be a death match. Listen, I'm always ready, right? So it doesn't matter. I proved that I can do it all. So I don't care if it's a goddamn blindfold match. I'll be there. (laughs) 
like you said, it's the main event. Nonetheless, NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Macro Dona, Nick, all this. NWA always ready live on pay-per-view and on Fight TV live Saturday, June 11th. We're all looking forward to it. Matt, this has been great, man. Thanks so much for the time. Been a fan since May of 2009. You are my short list of uh, in a bucket list interviews up there with like- May the 2009, first. huh? Long time, man. Well, since that, the, that's uh, the beginning of the woo-woo-woo. That's the beginning yeah. of the one-legged tights. Exactly. When it was still yeah. like, I don't know if it was cool to be a Zack Ryder fan at that point, so to speak. You May know 2009? I, mean? I don't think so, pal. <laughs> I don't think so, but I appreciate it. You're an OG broski. Thank you very much. Absolutely, brother. Very happy to cross this off the list and talk with you here today. Thanks, man. I appreciate all, and I appreciate the uh, time today, and best luck with everything going forward. Thanks a lot, dude. Big thanks to Matt for the time. And as I told him there at the end, that was one of my bucket list interviews for a really long time. He's been one of my favorites in wrestling for well over a decade. I mentioned that there at the end, as I mentioned. And I made a list about a year ago, I think about a year, a little over a year ago, of people that I wanted to interview. And he was towards the top of that list, and he was hard to get for a long time. But now that he's the NWA, the, the face of the NWA, made it a lot easier. So big thanks to everyone that, that helped make that happen, and to Matt himself for taking the time to chat, which was a lot of fun. But now we transition over to my conversation with Mr. Marceau, which, as I mentioned earlier, was recorded on Wednesday, uh, as he couldn't record on Thursday, as we usually do, due to just uh, scheduling conflicts. But we talk a lot about Raw, Paige, and Jeff Hardy. All the latest in the world of wrestling not having to do with Dynamite on Wednesday, the Road Rager show. But Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing well. We are talking today on Wednesday, so no Dynamite review. We'll save the Road Rager thoughts for next week. But it was nothing short of an eventful week in the last week in wrestling between the page announcing her departure. I almost said her departure, but she's still not quite gone yet, at least not until early July. But we're going to talk about Paige here today. We're going to talk about Raw for Monday, setting the stage for Money in the Bank and some news heading into next week's Raw. But we got to start off with the obvious here, the latest big news in the world of wrestling from earlier this week. Jeff Hardy arrested again, suspended by AEW. Now, by the time this goes up, we've already watched AEW. They will not be on the show. They were you know, taken out of the AEW World Tag Team title match on Wednesday where they were supposed to be competing in a ladder match with the you know, Jurassic Express, with uh, the Young Bucks in the ladder match with the Tag Team titles, pulled from that match. And I don't know if I told you this last week, but they were my pick to win the whole thing. And obviously that did not happen. Um, so he's gone from AEW. Tony Khan put out a statement. I'm just kind of giving the... The uh, you know the the digest version, the reader's digest version, and the, the just the the quick summary. But um, Tony Khan put out a statement on Tuesday saying that you know he is suspended from AEW until further notice, until he goes to rehab. Has shown that he's interested in doing so, which I guess he is now, which is good. Um, without pay, and he can only come back when he's completed the rehab process and he's maintained his sobriety. So that's the update on Jeff Hardy after being arrested on I think it was early Monday morning around noon, so it wasn't like he was he was drinking and driving through the night. It was literally early in the morning on Monday, which is even worse. Uh, news broke soon after, and obviously Jeff's had a lot of run-ins with the law in the last couple of decades. In the last few years alone, it happened in 2018. I think he was intoxicated in public. 2019, he was drinking and driving. He had his uh, you know, license revoked even prior to that point. He was still arrested, and he was still driving anyway, and that was once again the case here. So, uh, not a pretty situation, very disappointing, almost disgusting in a way. It's, it's getting to a point where it's, there's no, almost, you know, uh, no difference between him and Sonny, someone who's on the road a lot and shouldn't be, had her license revoked and was still driving regardless. And she killed someone. Jeff did not kill someone, but what's stopping him from doing so the next time he steps in a car and, uh, you know, is drunk. So uh, the situation's just terrible. want to get your two cents on it. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the news on Monday, like midday, I was like, Jesus Christ, there we go. 
Um, I mean, at this point, like you said, it is sad. I mean, it's, it's like sunny 2.0 at this point. I think the, the thing that I think the thing that's more infuriating than anything else, like I understand the guy's got an addiction, but I mean the fact that he's still like getting behind the wheel and driving, and the guy doesn't even have a license. Like I feel like at that point, that's when like the law needs to step in. Like clearly, this guy doesn't care that you spend his license; he's just going to keep driving. I mean, he's clearly been driving with a suspended license. He's been going to shows for AEW and WWE. It's not like he has a fucking chauffeur. I mean, so he's clearly been driving on a suspended license. I mean. At this point, like, there needs to be jail time, I feel like. Yeah, going to rehab, but, like, I just, like, when's it enough? Like, because once he goes to rehab, gets clean again, and then he relapses, and then we do the same thing again. I, I just, I, I feel like if you get, what's this, his third or fourth DUI in a couple of years? I mean, if that was me or you, we'd be in, we'd be in prison already. So, I, I feel like celebrities always do get a, get a pass, or they have more money or better lawyers to kind of fight it and get more of a, a lenient sentence. But, I mean, enough's enough at this point. But what's worse is that Jeff, probably more than anyone, continues to get chances and second chances and, and a pass, as you said, because he is Jeff Hardy. He's popular. He's over. He makes money for any company he works for. He got a pass in WWE. He gets a pass in AEW. I mean, like you said, I think the way that they approach the situation in suspending him without pay until he completes rehab and all that other stuff is the right approach to take. But like you said... Will he ever improve himself? And at this point, the only person that can better himself is Jeff Hardy himself. I mean, he can't get better unless he wants to get better. Um, I know, like, so I don't really think there's... I know we joked about it and stuff like that earlier and over DM and whatever. I don't really think this has much to do with WWE just because it seemed like he was doing fine and he was sober. And, I mean, again, we don't, the, the thing with stuff like this is that... <clears throat> It may have happened at another instance in the last month or two. We just don't know. This was the only time he was caught in recent months. That That is really worth noting as well. Like, this may not be the first time he's been doing stuff like this. This is just the first time he was he was caught. I mean, he's clearly been driving around um, to get to AEW, to get all these indie shows and appearances and stuff like that. And he's been driving this entire time, apparently, with a revoked license. I mean, it's not anyone's fault but Jeff Hardy. I don't think it's Tony Khan's fault. I don't think it's AEW's fault. I don't think it's Matt Hardy's fault. It's not their responsibility to take you know to take care of a grown man um but like you said though to kind of go back to what you said earlier when is enough enough do you think i mean i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a therapist i'm not a doctor but do you think him being in wrestling is only making this worse i mean there was a period of time where he seemed like he was doing fine when he was working with tna many years ago for a good six or seven year stretch he wasn't you know getting drunk he wasn't into any drugs and it seems like he's not into drugs now but <clears throat> it kind of also brings up the question with the whole WWE thing and when he got fired, like, yeah, the drug test came back clean. It seems like he stayed away from the drugs for the last 10 years, which is good. But what about drinking? Clearly, that's his Achilles heel right now. Was he drinking when he got fired by WWE? Did that have anything to do with it? We don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. And uh, clearly, he needs help and he needs it now. But do you think walking away from wrestling for Jeff Hardy would be the answer? Yeah, I mean, I think his health, I feel like we've seen since he's got the AEW physically, it's been down. I mean... He's been dropping on guys' head. He's got dropped on his head. I mean, he had that major—I con- don't know if major, but I got the concussion in the match against the Young Bucks at, at double or nothing. So I mean, I just—I just don't know. I—I I mean, I feel like with maybe—I don't know. It's tough. I—I I, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things like maybe being out of wrestling could help him, but it could also steer him the other direction as well. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I just feel like at this point, like. I feel like some criminal charges should be, like, levied at this point. Like, maybe going to prison would help him, like, realize, like, holy shit, I've hit rock bottom. And you keep getting more and more chances. I mean, 
clearly that hasn't stopped them now. So what, what's going to stop them another time? Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. If he just gets off with a slap on the wrist again, what's stopping him from doing it again? I completely agree. And I don't know if leaving wrestling would be the answer or not, but I think uh, definitely a factor here. I mean, we, we mentioned the road, but you mentioned as well, what about all the injuries? I mean, he's put his body through the fucking ringer in AEW with some of the matches he's done, from the tables match with the Butcher and Blade, which was an absolute mess. The death match basically is what it was, with uh, Darby Allen about a month ago on the show, which... We talked about it at the time I enjoyed, but I feel like, is Tony Khan like in, in, like purposely trying to sabotage Jeff Hardy? I mean, before this happened on Monday, the man was supposed to be in a ladder match on Wednesday, tonight on, on tonight's show as we speak. And listen, as a fan, it sounded like an awesome match. We know the Hardys, they're known for the ladder matches. The difference between Jeff and Matt is that Matt, at least in my opinion, in the last 10, 15 years, he's old, he's past his prime too. He's older, not like old, old, but... You know, he's a guy that at least is taking care of his body. He's not doing dumb shit. He's not doing leg drops off the top of steel cages and ladders as he was in the 2000s and 2005 and stuff like that. He's not doing dumb shit. Jeff is still doing a lot of dumb stuff. He was doing it in WWE and even more so now in AEW. I mean, that's got to be a factor as well, right? Yeah, I mean, once he did that, I feel like he just, I don't know, he seems like he's been off a little bit. When they did that match with him and Darby, I mean, that's stupid. I still can't get over that stupid swanton. Like, that was just, just so dumb. And I, it always comes back to my head, like, why the hell would they do that? And like you said, yeah, as a fan, that's cool. But when I mean, the guy's broken now, putting him through a ladder match, like, does, 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 did Jeff say something bad about Tony? I mean, Christ almighty, the guy needs, like, stop putting him in all these ridiculous matches and maybe you would, uh, maybe you'd be able to heal a little bit. Yeah, I mean, listen, if he's in pain, then that's going to add to the idea that he might be drinking more. Like I said, I don't know that for a fact. That's just my own speculation. But I'm sure him, him being in physical pain, regardless of what company he works for, is not making the situation any better. So I don't know if that's him going to Tony saying, listen, I want to be in a ladder match. I want to do an all-out, like, no-holds-barred match with Darby Allen or whatever. It, it, I don't I don't put the blame on anyone but Jeff Hardy, but at some point, Tony Khan's got to step in. And at this point, he had no choice because Jeff got himself arrested. But Tony's got to step in and say, listen, no. You know, we want you here for the long haul. I talked about this on Hashtag earlier. But if we want you here for the long haul, we want you here for another two or three years, you doing death-defying matches is only going to cut your career short by that same amount of years. You're only going to be here for six months if you keep doing this dumb shit and you get hurt. Jeff's been very injury-prone in the last five years or so. So, you know, him doing all this stuff is not helping. If he's clearly in pain, that's not going to help with the drinking, which is which is awful. Like, the other times he got arrested and had issues with drinking and driving and being intoxicated in public was when he was actually off from injury. So, I don't know if the rehab process wasn't going well and he was down on himself and he was drinking. I really don't know what's going through his head. No one really does. But I think we're well past the stage of feeling bad for the guy and being, oh, what a, what a shame, and saying, listen... This is fucking ridiculous. The same with Sonny. Get off the fucking road. And if not, you should be banished from the business. Because if you're not, if you, why are you, like you said, he willingly got into the car while intoxicated. And I know you're obviously under the influence when you're doing this sort of stuff, but he, he's well aware of the fact that he shouldn't be driving. I mean, he's not that stupid. He's not stupid. I mean, come on. And, and another thing, too, is that the car that he should be driving has got to have one of those breathalyzer those breathalyzer things, right, where you got to breathe into it in order for the car to start. He wasn't in a car like that. I mean, that's another thing, too. I mean, this situation all around is just ridiculous. Yeah, I honestly totally forgot about that. I mean, with the, with his with his history with DUIs and drunk and like that, I, I'm surprised that, like you said, he, I mean, he probably does maybe as a personal vehicle, that uh, 
that he has to blow into before he drops. But I mean, like I said, maybe not because, like I said, he has a suspended license. So, like at this point, he wouldn't drive. So, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, if he's doing rental cars, they're not going to have that in there. But I mean, someone's got to stop the guy. Yeah, like you said, I think jail time might be the only answer at this point. I don't know for how long. Is he in there for a week? Is he in there for a month? Is he in there for a year? I don't know. I mean, he did do jail time very briefly, I think, with the drug raid from about right after he left WWE, actually, in 2009. I think he did jail time for that in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember exactly, but uh, he talked about it in one of those Hardy Boy documentaries about how he did jail time very briefly and all this other stuff. So um, it's a sad situation. I want to see him get better. We're all Jeff Hardy fans for the most part, but he's not going to get better unless he wants to get better himself. And the only way he's going to get better is if they probably put him in prison for a little while because if he knows he can continue to get away with it, he will continue to do it, and it's get to, it's going to get to a point where he's going to kill somebody. So they got to stop in its tracks while they still can before it gets worse. Uh, from that, we'll transition quickly to the page stuff that came out late last week. She announced on her Twitter that in early July, I think July 7th, if I'm not mistaken, Paige is no longer with WWE, and it's not a choice of her own doing. It kind of sounded like that, her statement. Because Paige, for a while, I mean, it's no secret. She's wanted to wrestle again. She feels like she's 100%. She said that in a Twitch stream the other day. Um, she hasn't been officially cleared yet, but she feels like she can wrestle again. She wants to wrestle again. She thinks she will wrestle again. WWE will probably not clear her under the current circumstances. So I thought it might be a fact of like, all right, she wants out. They're not doing anything with her. Maybe she'll try to get cleared somewhere else, a la Daniel Bryan. But that's actually not the case. She probably would have stayed. She intended to stay, but WWE said, yeah, we're not renewing your deal. And honestly, I think what's more surprising about this than anything is the fact they didn't cut her prior to this point. I mean, they clearly do not give a fuck about honoring deals and letting people go and their contract expire. I mean, they've been letting people go left and right for a long time now. I mean, well before their deals are up. So the fact they kept Paige around for as long as they did honestly shocked me more than anything. I thought she would have been swept up in the budget cuts from a year or two ago, but to their credit, they kept her around, even though she broke her neck under their watch, but, you know, that's besides the point, I guess, but um, they're letting her go, and uh, that being said, your thoughts on Paige's departure and what you think the future holds for her? Yeah, I mean, I think like you said, I think you kind of just slipped it in there. I think that this, that's probably why. I mean, she did break her neck while working there, so I feel like maybe that's why she had such job security for so long. Is like they felt like not that there was their fault, but like it was on their their watch, so maybe they they gave her more of a a, a credence or, or or a little more rope than normal people. Mm-hmm. Like you said, she was doing anything, so maybe they felt bad and they wanted to honor her for whatever her contract was, and just maybe you know, swing the pot a little bit just because she did get hurt working there. But, uh, I mean, I'm not surprised they're going to let her go. I mean, if she's not going to wrestle, I mean, they haven't really used her at all. So, at this point, it's like, why pay for something that's got no value for you? I mean, if they're ever going to let her wrestle again, I just... I, I just don't understand why they'd keep her. If they, unless they're going to do something. If they're, she was on, like, the panels and stuff, maybe. But she's not even doing that stuff. So, um, I mean... It makes sense in that aspect. I mean, we'll see what happens. If I was her, I mean, yeah, I understand she probably wants to wrestle again, but if she can't get cleared from a broken neck, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's the smartest idea to get back in the ring. But, I mean, I feel like she probably will at some point. Um, but, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't risk her health. Well, to go back to what you said a minute ago, um, with the fact that they weren't using her, I think that's honestly what not really bothers me, but what surprises me is that they didn't have any of their use for her. And not that they didn't originally, when she first retired, literally the next night on SmackDown, she came out and was used as an on-air authority figure, a spot that she had until December when they got rid of all authority figures in the company. Um, at this point, they would probably... Be, I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, is that we're getting 
authority figures now, or at least we did up until Sonya Deville's you know, dismissal from the role. But Sonya was an authority figure on WWE TV for like twice the amount of time that Paige was. So they could have put Paige in that role if they wanted to. They didn't. Whatever. But she was a GM for a while. She was the manager for the Kabuki Warriors uh, for a little bit in 2019. She was on that backstage show up until that got canceled for Fox. So she's been around. She did some stuff. And I think Paige is really talented. She actually pitched for the idea, she said. Um, she mentioned this on Twitch to be Ronda Rousey's mouthpiece, which honestly, I don't, I mean, that's not a natural pairing really at all, but I mean, Ronda Rousey's promos are terrible. They really can't get much worse. So I don't think it would have been opposed to that. I feel like that would have been a good uh, role for her on, on TV. Yeah. I mean, Ronda's just awful on the mic. So yeah, I mean, it'd be, it would be kind of a random pairing. Like, so they don't really have any correlation. Just like her with the Kabuki warriors. Like that was just kind of extremely random, but, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I understand. I like I said, I just feel like if they weren't going to use her, like even in that like a GM role, like you said, like maybe with when Sonya left, they may put her in there. But if they're not doing anything, they just clearly just have no interest in using her. So, I mean, letting her go when her deal expires makes sense. Yeah, it is what it is. And to kind of mention what you mentioned a minute ago as well, as far as where she can go from here, you mentioned you think that she will wrestle again. Do you think that would be for an AEW or somewhere else, uh, an English indie place, an indie? you know, company or whatever, or I think she will wrestle again as well. Um, I don't think it's impossible that she would get cleared by WWE. I mean, at this point, we haven't seen him wrestle, but Corey Graves got cleared. Christian got cleared. I mean, they had concussion-related issues, as did Daniel Bryan. But, I mean, Sting wrestled again. He had, you know, very serious neck issues. Not cleared by WWE, but he went to AEW, and he's been wrestling fairly regularly over there. Um, Edge had very serious neck issues and he was cleared by WWE, albeit because they, AEW offered him a deal. Um, clearly they see Edge is more of a priority than Paige. I understand that, but, um, yeah, I, do, I, I think she'll probably wrestle again and probably wrestle again on a major stage. I would just give it time. She's young enough to where I think it could happen. Yeah. I mean, I think she will. I mean, if she can have cleared, sure. But if not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't push the envelope. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised. But we'll see what the future holds for her. She'll be gone from WWE in early July. So I don't, I don't know if WWE... Right? What what use AEW would have for her beyond wrestling? If she, I mean, they already have enough women. I'm not even saying all elite. Those memes are probably out by now, I imagine. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see what she does now. And uh, it might be nothing for a while. I mean, reportedly, she was making a lot of money off of Twitch. So she may not even have to work for another company for another long time to come. So it might be a couple of years before we see her in a ring. But... Honestly, I feel like it's more a matter of when and not if we see Paige wrestle again um, in any promotion, whether it be in any company or something like that. It's more a matter of uh, when than if at this point, in my opinion. But we'll close out here, Mr. Morrisseau, with thoughts on Raw since we're not talking Dynamite this week. Um, a decent edition of Raw, I thought, on Monday night and some various highlights as they set the stage for Money in the Bank coming up in a couple of weeks in Vegas. I'm looking forward to that. We got our first two names announced for the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder matches from Raw. Lacey Evans qualified on SmackDown. Drew and Sheamus did not because that ended in a double DQ. I'm I'm sure we'll find out um, who else will qualify on Friday. But from Raw, it's going to be Seth Rollins following his win over AJ Styles. And for the women... It was, oh, Oscar, excuse me, not Oscar. Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan qualifying with a win over Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. So your thoughts, we talked about it last week. Our current favorites were Seth Rollins and Liv Morgan. I completely forgot about Lacey Evans. She's probably my new number one pick. Not that I really want her to win, but I'm just expecting it. Uh, Rollins, we talked about it last week. He's the first to qualify. I still feel like that's where they're going with it. I don't know if he would cash in successfully, but your thoughts on how the Money to Make Ladder matches are uh, shaping up so far. Yeah, I mean, I think Rollins, like we said, we think he's probably the 
the go-to guy for the men right now. So, I mean, him getting in made sense. Women, I mean, I don't really want Lacey to win. I'm kind of way out on that one. I mean, she could win, but, I mean, I think it should be Liv. I mean, I said last week, live or die with that one. But her and Alexa winning, I think that was good. I mean, do drop in Nikki Ash. No, thank you. So, um, so that was good. But, I mean, now that you why did you have to say that? Because it's Liv not, or fucking Lacey. It's, it's going to be Lacey. I'm, I'm, I'm just expecting it now. Oh, God, that's so bad. I, I That's not that bad. I feel like Alexa Bliss would be worse, to be honest with you. Yeah, Alexa Bliss might... Nah, I would take anyone. I mean, out of everyone that's announced so far, I would take Lacey last, but... Not digging the babyface Lacey stuff. No, I just... I've never really been a big fan of hers. Um, eh, I just... No no thanks. So, I I, I mean, I guess that, that's my, where we get, but uh, I, I would steer towards, towards Liv. I mean, I feel like it's just so obvious that they probably won't do it, but... I mean... Mm. I mean, I prefer Liv, personally. I think people would be very happy to see her win. And with Lacey, I mean, there's been a lot of reports they might turn her heel. I mean, listen, I know you're not a Lacey fan, but I think we can all agree turning her back heel already, I think, would be dumb. I mean, I know she's a natural heel, but they're trying with her as a phase, and it seems to be working to an extent. It's something different for her. I'm not really sure why you would turn her back already, but we'll see on that front. I I would prefer her over Alexa Bliss, for sure, who I like, but there's just not a lot going on right now there with her, and... Um, you know, we've seen her win the briefcase before. I don't really want another two-time winner. We haven't seen a two-time winner with the women yet, but I don't really want to see it be, uh, be her or Becky Lynch. I saw a lot of people say Becky. I don't really want to see her win the briefcase either for sure. No, thank you. I just have no desire to see that. Or Oscar. We've seen Oscar win it before and I'm, I'm good on that. So, uh, that's the update on the money in the bank ladder match. We saw on SmackDown last Friday, Riddle beat Sami Zayn to become the number one contender to the undisputed WWE universal championship. He will challenge Roman Reigns for that title. who We haven't seen in a, probably about a month at this point. Uh, Roman Reigns resurfacing on Friday to face Riddle, defend the championships against the original bro. So I'm looking forward to this match. I, I don't like the fact that it's happening on SmackDown and not money in the bank. I know we've talked before, like it's nice. They have TV attractions. I agree with you on that. I just don't like the fact that Roman's not working fucking pay-per-views brother. Like, I think that's just stupid. Uh, it is a nice attraction for Friday. And if Riddle loses, he can no longer challenge for the championship as long as Roman is champion. So I like the setup Riddle's over right now. He's losing, but I think the match is going to be very good though. Yeah. I, I like the setup too. Like you said, I like how, they, they're like holding it off to make SmackDown seem like you said like a bigger deal or attraction for the show. I completely agree. I mean, they, I mean, Roman should be on the pay per views. I mean, I know he's working a, a smaller schedule, but I mean, the guy should still be working the, the pay per views. That just is what it is. I mean, I don't understand why he can't work the pay per views, whatever. But uh, no, I think Riddle, like you said, he's extremely over him with the whole Randy stuff. I mean, obviously, I, th- I think it's leading to Roman and Randy's down the line, but. I, I think Riddle's like uber over, and I think it'll be a fun match on Friday night, but Roman's going over. Yeah, Roman's going over. It's a nice challenger of the month for Roman Reigns. I wish it was safe for Money in the Bank, but whatever. It's a nice attraction for SmackDown. SmackDown largely sucks, so if we can get some sort of uh, you know a nice title match, a nice attraction out of the show, something to look forward to for once, I'm all for that. Speaking of SmackDown, I thought last week's show was actually good compared to most SmackDowns we've got in 2022. Also on that show, we never talk about SmackDown here, but this is worth noting. Gunther, Gunther, whatever you want to call him, the former Walter, now the new Intercontinental Champion, beating Ricochet in a very good match. The right result, the only outcome you could have done. Um, I'm in full favor of this. Will he turn the championship around? 
It remains to be seen. I mean, the championship has not been defended on pay-per-view since WrestleMania 37, which was well over a year ago at this point. Completely ridiculous. Uh, will Walter be able to take the championship to new heights that it hasn't seen in years? Probably not, just due to how they view that championship. But listen, the report right now is that they're high on Walter. They're very high on him, his in-ring ability, that he got into shape, that he moved to the U.S., that he's dedicated to this whole thing. I think that's great. Vince is finally starting to see what we've known all this time, is that Walter is fantastic. So to see him as champion makes me very happy, even if that championship is as meaningful as the belt around my waist right now. Yeah, I think uh, putting the belt on, on Gunther, I mean, I think it's the right direction. I, I like Ricochet, but, I mean, the guy just never seemed to ever get booked correctly. Like, they're coming out with, like, the reports, like, oh, babyface number one's Ricochet. That was never on TV. You guys a champion. They, like, <laughs> won the belt, and then you never saw him again. So, I mean, I like Ricochet, but, I mean, I think if you're going to go all the way with 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 Walter Gunther, whatever you're gonna call him, I think I mean putting the belt on it makes sense. Um, I mean he he he's had a good good start to his SmackDown career, putting the IC belt on him, being basically the top champion of SmackDown just because Roman's never there. I mean I like that. I mean Ricochet, it just I don't know. I like Ricochet. He just doesn't just the way that they booked him. I mean he can't be the main champion on your show. No one would fucking care. So. Putting on Gunther, I love it, and we'll see where it goes there. I actually really like the, what they've done with Ludwig so far, so I think they've been a good little pairing and just keep him adding up wins, and we'll see what goes from there. But, I mean, keeping him on the show will obviously be important and, and featuring him weekly. Yeah, you know, shockingly, this has actually worked out well. I'm not going to say they were right, because I would still prefer Imperium on the main roster as a unit. But, I mean, they've worked out well with Ludwig or Ludwig or whatever they're calling him now. I know they changed the name twice or three times, actually. Um, that, you know, I think he's worked out well as the mouthpiece, the mouthpiece for Gunther. And he's still being able to talk is Gunther. Like, we still hear from him. But um, still, I think it's great. Like, he's been kind of like his side piece as the manager for, for Gunther, whatever you want to call him. And Fabian Eichner still in NXT. I'm hoping he gets some single spotlight. Any thoughts on his repackaging on Tuesday's show as Giovanni Vinci? I mean, the whole... Tyler Breeze knockoff shit where he's smiling is fucking dumb, but the guy's in-ring ability, I think, speaks for itself. Well, yeah, he's great in the ring. I, I mean, we'll see where it goes with the, with the repackaging. I mean, I thought he was good as Fabian Eichner. Obviously, he went in a different direction. I think his real name's Fabian. I think that's his real name anyway, so obviously he can't be doing that with WWE. No, no, no anymore. Can't have fun, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it is what it is. I mean, I think the gimmick is just, I mean, not my favorite, but I think he's good enough for the ring that, like, I think a lot of the guys that NXT have these gimmicks to maybe like cover up how their in ring ability is, but I think he's good enough in the ring that he can move past the gimmick. And I mean, eventually, I think his his hard work and his and his ability will kind of shine the get outshine the gimmick itself. So mm-hmm. I have no complaints on that aspect. And I just wanted to circle back on the whole Ludwig thing. I think it'd be perfect for him as well. Like if now that now that Gunther's champion, like you can have like a baby face, like oh I want to face him, like oh you know what. You know, yet, like, they feed him the Ludwig first. Like, they make them, like, so we're not getting Walter wrestling every week. You can mm-hmm. have, like, if the next challenge, oh, you want to face Gunter? Well, you have to prove it, and then he just beat up on on on, on Ludwig. So I, I think that can be better than, like, like you said, he is a mouthpiece, but also can kind of work on that aspect as well. Like, you want to see Walter losing. You can just have Ludwig kind of be that guy. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's going to work out well as, like, his, uh, 
not stepping stone, but like his uh, the body to beat up before they get to the champion, yep. as you mentioned. So, you know, I like that. And then it's a good role for him. He could talk. He's good in the ring as well. It's not like he's bad. So, no, I he's think good too. I like him a lot. Yeah, I think I think that's the perfect role for him. Uh, any aspirations or any expectations, rather, for this whole Max Dupree uh, re-debut on Friday SmackDown? He was supposed to be on the show last week. They bumped him. He'll be on SmackDown this week unless they bump him again. They said they're revealing the first member of the Max's Maximum Model Agency or whatever the hell it's called. I imagine it's going to be either Monsoor or Mace, since they, you know, revealed that at a house show a few months ago. Um, any thoughts on what we're getting right now with the former LA Knight on SmackDown? I think it's like a perfect role for him. I, I just, I don't know, for some reason, I don't see them ever like really pushing him as a wrestler. So, him as a mouthpiece would be good because I think he could talk his ass off. I just, I think the problem is, like, I just, no one cares about Mace. No one cares about Monsoor. Honestly, fucking like someone like Eichner would be perfect in that role. Yeah, like, that's, that's the, the funny thing. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Like he would be the perfect person for that. Like he's not the greatest talker of all time, and probably would need a mouthpiece. So, like that's who you put him with. Like he should be with with La Knight or Max Dupree, whatever they want to, you want to call him. Like he's the person, not Mace. Like Mace is just he's like Von <laughs> Wagner. He's just awful. Like Eichner should be someone that that's the perfect. Like that's who they should put him with him. Not not Mace or Monster. I just. Who cares? Monsoor is just a completely random choice. M- Mace, I can I could see making more sense because he looks like a model. Not that Monsoor is ugly by any means, but I mean that's just completely random. I mean they should be putting. I like Monsoor. I think they should put him on the show more. But him being LA Knight's first client was just dumb. So I heard it might be Dabakato. <laughs> hey, honestly, it might be. I heard he's in NXT with Apollo. Oh God, I just that's funny. We who do you think it's going to be? Literally, should be Eichner. He'd be perfect in that role. He's not the greatest talker. He has the look. He can wrestle. I He's mean, all about the looks right now. His current gimmick is all about the looks. Exactly. Jeez, the same company? Like, idiots. <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking weird. Uh, on the note of NXT real quick, we found out who Braun Breaker is defending the NXT Championship against the Great American Bash in a couple of weeks, and it's not Apollo Crews. They're saving that for down the road. I thought that would be the Great American Bash match, but... It looks like Apollo Crews is here to stay. I thought it'd be another Dolph Ziggler type run, but no, he's like actually in NXT, which is surprising. Uh, not pulling double duty, unless he was on main event this week and I missed it, but I'm pretty sure he's in NXT for good. Instead, it's going to be Braun Breaker defending against Cameron Grimes, a more serious Cameron Grimes now. I actually like this a lot. I don't know if this is going to be Grimes' final farewell before he gets called up, God bless him, but... Um, I like this a lot. It's a fresh match. Grimes is great. He's teasing a heel turn now. I mean... The fact that people even fucking booed him in the first place is ridiculous. But, you know, it makes sense for him to be more serious now coming off the loss of the championship that he only held for two months. So what we got from Grimes on Tuesday, I don't know if you saw it, but he is terrific. And I'm really looking forward to that match. I like I like Grimes a lot, too. I mean, I just feel like um, I feel like him going. I just like you said, I don't understand why the fans turn on him. Maybe because they're just so in love with Solo and Carmelo that like. I don't know, it was like the shiny new toy everyone yeah. else was. It was kind of just the old veteran that, like, we waited so long for him to finally get his moment. He got his moment. Everyone was happy. But then it was just, like, fickle wrestling fans, like, moving on to the next thing. I feel like it was like, oh, he won his moment. Now move on to the next thing. And Solo and, and Carmelo were so much shinier than he was. So, I mean, I, I think going heel, just the way that they're doing it, I mean, I, I like it. I think. He's a perfect opponent for Braun. I, I mean, I don't think he's going to win, but I think they have a fun match. I mean, Hayes, uh, Hayes, uh, Grimes is great in the ring, so, I mean, another notch for, for breakers, Not, not I think, is perfect. 
Yeah, I think it's perfect. We'll see uh, what kind of match they can deliver. I think it's the perfect opponent for Breaker right now. And again, it might be it for Grimes in NXT. I don't really know what more you do with him. If he's been a heel, he's been a babyface, he's done the comedy stuff, serious, going for the top championship, probably not winning. He was already the North American champion. Might be time to move on, but we'll see what they have in store for him beyond uh, Great American Bash. One last note here from Raw as we wind down. Um, Ezekiel announced on Monday's Raw following his countout win over Kevin Owens in a rematch from Hell in the Cell that Elias is on his way back to Raw, his older brother, that is, um, starting next Monday for an Elias concert. I am honestly more excited for that than anything else they've announced for Raw in many weeks. I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to seeing how they handle this, and as I said on Twitter, as many other people have said as well, I think it'd be hysterical. If this isn't the end of the whole Ezekiel thing, which it's got to culminate at some point, but... I think it'd be really funny if they brought in Aaron Stevens from the NWA, obviously formerly known as Damian Sandow in WWE. Not that he's, uh, you know, Ezekiel's or Elias's twin or whatever, but he looks similarly enough where I think if they brought him in to pretend that he is Elias, I think that'd be really funny. And the guy, we know he can do comedy. So uh, I'm curious what your thoughts on this are and what you expect to go down next Monday. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be really funny. I mean, if they're not going to bring him in, like, what are they just going to do? Have Elias grow his, like, have him grow his beard out? So, I'm honestly, like you said, compared to a lot of things that have been on the show, I mean, I'm really excited for that. I mean, Oscar and Becky's going to be great as well, so no complaints on that aspect. But, no, I'm really interested to see what happens. I, I mean, I think they've done well with the whole Ezekiel thing. At first, I was, like, not for it, but as the weeks have gone by, I've been digging it more and more, and I feel like they haven't really gone. Like, everything they've done, I felt like it's been a hit, so mm-hmm. I expect another hit on Monday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't think he needs to be in Money in the Bank, but I would put Kevin Owens in Money in the Bank, though. Yeah, I mean, Owens should be in there. I, I feel like we'll probably get the same with the women. Like, they usually do, like, three or four matches, and they do, like, the triple threat or whatever, like, the people that didn't win. So, like, I think Owens could get in there. Like, we might even see, like, like I said, like, Dewdrop or Nikki Ash might, like, somehow backdoor their way in because, you know, how they always do, like, yeah. their like, last chance like triple threat so we'll see but uh you know i think owen should be in there rollins is a good first i mean sammy should probably be in there as well i mean someone's got to represent the bloodline in the in, my, in the back <laughs> in there as well so I, I i think they've really i think if one thing can be said i mean i know it's not everyone's favorite but i feel like WWE's really hit well on the comedy stuff lately and i think sammy and, and kevin and obviously elias ezekiel have been uh have been killing it right now They've been hits. I said this a few weeks ago, dude, but Owens and Zayn are like the MVPs of Raw and SmackDown right now, especially with Cody being gone, Roman Reigns being gone, them kind of losing talent left and right due to injuries and departures and stuff like that. Uh, they've really been carrying those shows. Sammy on SmackDown and Kevin Owens on Raw, and I hope they can, you know, they can keep it up. And I guess one last thing on that note as well, I mentioned this on Hashtag earlier, and I want to get your thoughts on it. What would you think... I mean, people have mentioned, oh, what if Sammy wins Money in the Bank? I mean, I think that'd be very interesting. I don't think he would cash in successfully anyway, but that would be very interesting if they did that. I don't think they will. What if they instead had Sammy and Kevin win the tag team titles from the Usos? I feel like that would be a great endgame to the whole honorary bloodline stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, what you could, I mean, what you could do is have... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that does make... I mean, at this point, who's going to beat the Usos, so... Yeah, exactly. But like you said, they could also still beat. You could still have Sammy win. Think he's going to beat Roman, and that kind of like does the, like the final like divide, and then you have Kevin and and him beat the Bloodline. Yeah, there's Probably. a lot of different ways they can go with it. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, 
at this point, who else is going to beat them? Not the Viking Raiders. I mean, I know they're going to smack them, but I don't think they're going to beat them. There's no really other team. So, I mean, Kevin and Sammy, honestly, at this point, seems like they're the ones to beat them. Viking Raiders coming soon, even though they never really left. Who cares? Who could possibly care at this point? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you and I should join the tag team ranks. Maybe we have a better shot at beating them than the uh, Viking Raiders do. The guy, like teams like the Viking Raiders, it's like they're good in the ring. I just feel like they were since they got called up, it just was always just messy, and they did like random comedy stuff. Remember they did like the fucking eating like turkey legs and stuff. Like that was just so dumb. I actually had, like, did not hate that, but I mean the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. inconsistency of the booking is what bothered me really personally. Yeah, I mean yeah, this yeah, I mean I just I don't know. They just were never taken serious. Then we just like take them as like this badass team, and just, it just never worked. So. I mean, unless you're going to put a put a hood on them, I mean, they're still the same guys at the end of the day. I mean, why would anyone care at this point? Might be time to bring out War Machine. <sighs> they need something. They they might need their you know the walking papers if anything. Not to say they should get fired, but that might be in their best interest because and they've already held the tag team titles in every show for the most part anyway, except for uh, SmackDown. And I don't see that happening as long as the Usos are champions. They already lost the Usos a couple of months ago, but. Whatever. I guess we'll see how it plays out in the months ahead. With them and everything else on SmackDown, Raw, AEW, and whatnot, we'll have more AEW talk next week here on the show, Mr. Marceau, after we break down Road Rager and whatever uh, next week's Dynamite has in store as well. So I'm looking Who do you think's going to win? Uh, Bucks or Jungle Express? Well, I said this on Twitter, but Hardys were my original pick. So since they're not in it, I think they'll probably give the belts to the Bucks. And honestly, I know you don't like them, but I think that's just a better outcome because Jurassic Express have had a really cold reign, in my opinion. So I think the Bucks will win. I think they should win. Do you think we're going to get a Christian turn, or is it uh, going to be somewhere else? They'll, they'll probably save that for 2025 because it's, it's only been one year. They might save it another couple of years. But in serious, though, I, I do think... I think it was a little less likely in the triple threat tag team match. I would do it tonight. Honestly, I would do it tonight. I would have Christian take the ladder and just beat the fuck out of Jungle Boy with a ladder. I think that'd be great. I like Jungle Boy, but I would do it today. I wouldn't waste any more time. I mean, unless they do a rematch or something. I mean, what what are you waiting for? I would do it tonight. So, what, what do you think? I mean, if they're gonna, I, they should have done it months ago at this rate. But uh, like I said, I just feel like their reign has been so cold that I mean, I think they should have done it sooner. But I just feel like maybe not tonight because I don't think they were pl- planning it. Maybe, I mean, maybe with the Hardys one, they're going to go play in that direction. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, it's possible. I mean, I think at this point, the payoff's like, it's like the Julia Hart stuff. I mean, that paid off and we haven't seen her since. But, uh, I mean, I, I feel like with the Christian stuff, it's either now or, or, or never. I mean, he's supposed to outwork everyone and we haven't seen him work at all. So, I mean, we're going to get this Jungle Boy program. Don't, I, I, I just just do it at this point. So yeah. I, if they're gonna do it tonight, I guess. I I, I mean, I just don't really want the Bucks to win because I just don't think they need a win. But if I, I someone's gotta take the belts off them, so at this rate, it might just be uh, the Bucks. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. They have so many tag teams, but they don't have any tag teams that it's like, oh, I want to see this this be the team to take the belts off the Bucks. I mean, maybe Red Dragon because we have yet to get Bucks and Red Dragon in AEW, so maybe they're the answer. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, I think we thought. I mean, I don't know the archives. I'm not, my memory sucks too. But I mean, if you check the archives, I guarantee we said Red Dragon was going to take the belts off them. And just never we happened. did. No, we did say that. We thought we thought that a revolution that was three months ago. Yeah, and then and then they've done pretty much nothing as a tag team since. <laughs> or I've got some singles wins, but um, yeah. Really team. But no, I, I mean, I think tonight's show is going to be good. I, I think they want decent matches. I mean, I think I think we're in like a hair versus hair. Like Jericho and Ortiz. 
Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Jericho's going over, obviously. Um, Wardlow Ward versus 20 security 20, guards. 20 security guards. I mean, I, I got my money on the security guards. <laughs> I mean, I'm really, what were you going to say? I said, just kidding. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to Dax Harwood and Will Ospreay. I think that's going to be great. Dax Harwood's awesome, and Osprey's very good as well. So I, I'm looking forward to that personally. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a fun match. I mean, poor Dax will probably eat another pinfall like he should. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be, I think that's probably like the match of the night. I think actual like in-ring match. I'm excited to see Osprey, like you said. And then uh, we get Tony and Britt again. So hopefully they can uh, outperform their last stinker. Hopefully. Uh, you, yeah, hopefully they can do better than the last match. And I think Tanahashi's confronting Paige tonight, too. So they've really stacked the show in the absence of Jeff Hardy, which is... Uh, it's good to see. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it over text. Hey, you said Tanahashi and Moxley? Uh, um, what did I say? Paige? Yeah, I meant Mo- I forgot Paige isn't champion. Yeah, Moxley and Tanahashi going face-to-face tonight. Perfect. Yeah, so I'm curious to get your thoughts and more New Japan talent as they appear more and more in AEW TV. Mr. Marceau kind of stepping through the forbidden door himself. Hey, you know, I got to take one step at a time. Wow, dipping his toes in the New Japan waters. You love to see it. We'll get more thoughts on that next week here on the show. New episodes every single Thursday, Mr. Marceau, on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, never miss an episode every single Thursday. I look forward to speaking with you next week, Mr. Marceau. Have a great week until then. See you later, Jason. Adios, brother. Adios, brother.